The Bible says, this is powerful, if anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. In 2001, one of the most twisted TV shows of our generation appeared. Um, I was a non-believer and non-Christian at the time, but I would consider this show during that time to be very to be sickly entertaining. I think that's how I would have described it. It was a show, Temptation Island. I know none of you saw it in here, so that's, I'll explain what it was all about, right? I'm seriously, hopefully none of you saw it. Temptation Island was a show, that was a reality TV show, where several couples agreed to live on this island with other singles to test their relationship. And uh, the show was filmed on a beautiful island in Belize, and uh, there's beautiful people everywhere you turned. I mean, there's models. Men and women were just models everywhere. Beautiful people everywhere you turned. And these couples had to test the relationship on this island. It was a twisted show. Many couples were engaged on that show. I don't know if any were married, but the result by the end of the month show of that showing was that many couples were split up, and the lust of the flesh had conquered many. The entertainment uh, industry didn't care, didn't even give a second thought to the corruption that was happening in that show. Um, and now I just wanted to ask you this morning, do you ever feel, living here in the United States, that we, we feel like we're like on Temptation Island ourselves? Everywhere we turn, whether it's people, whether it's things, whether it's environments, just this temptation to pollute our souls. Everywhere you turn, even if you're not even a believer this morning, you feel that and your conscience just burns because you're like, I know this is wrong and being in this environment, this temptation. Pollution in the dictionary is described as the introduction of contaminants into an environment that causes instability, disorder, harm, or discomfort to living organisms. But I believe there's another type of pollution that's not getting much coverage today, and that is spiritual pollution. And if I were to describe that to you today, I would describe it as this. Anything that contaminates the mind or heart, drawing a person away from the intimacy of God, and many times into a destructive lifestyle. It's the kind of pollution that Demas suffered. Uh, Demas is mentioned a couple times in the Bible. Um, Paul refers to him in Philemon 24, verse 24, um, as a fellow worker, someone that is with him in the trenches for the gospel of Christ. But later on in 2 Timothy 4, verse 10, it describes, he describes Demas this way. He's talking to Timothy as he writes this letter to Timothy. And he says, Do your best to come to me quickly, for Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Demas, because he loved this world. So what happened to Demas 
at once he was a fellow worker with Paul in the work of the gospel. And then all of a sudden we see that he has deserted Paul in the work of the gospel because he loved this world. Maybe it was personal protection and comfort. Maybe he was not willing to endure um, hardship and persecution with Paul. If you read Paul's life story, I mean, man, everywhere he's turning, he's getting persecuted for the, for the um, cause of Christ, isn't he? And maybe Demas was like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Maybe this is a little too much for me. Well, newsflash, if you follow Jesus Christ, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Matter of fact, there's a lot of times where you'll be persecuted for your faith. It'll be talked, out, talked about behind your back. People will not understand why you live the way you do, why you don't join with them in getting drunk, why you don't do these things. You know what? And Demas decided to take the safe route. He decided to be the one that just comes on Sunday morning and sits in on a worship service. Demas, because he loved this world, Solomon describes the seriousness of this in Proverbs 25, verse 26. He says, Like a muddied, muddied spring or a polluted well is a righteous man who gives way to the wicked. You ever been on a hot day wanting to get a drink out of the fountain and it's just, I mean, blazing hot outside and you turn the knob to the fountain and all of a sudden out comes this disgusting-looking discolored water. You're like, oh, if I could only just have a fresh drink... That's kind of the picture there that Solomon is painting. A polluted well, a polluted spring. As a righteous man that gives way to the wicked, that, that gives into the world's ways, that, that becomes polluted. Well, I had an uh, interesting week this week. I, I was able to connect with a friend on Facebook that I haven't connected with in seven years. Uh, his name's Jeff, and he went to IU East with me in Richmond, Indiana, uh, before I transferred to Indiana Westland. And uh, he lives in Charlotte now. And so he was going to be in town on Thursday for the PGA tournament that was take, that's taking place in Greensboro. And um, he decided, hey, let's grab some lunch together. So he came into town, and we were going to go out to, out to lunch. And he goes, hey, by the way, I've got um, an extra pass to go, um, on, to go to the PGA tournament today. Would you like to go? I'm like, let me think about that. Yes, yes, I would like to go. I love golf and so i was like this is exciting i was so stoked about it it was a vip pass to get you anywhere into the clubhouse everywhere you went i mean just like royalty man and he had that pass because he knew one of the golfers there that he graduated with uh Bo van pelt or something like that but anyway uh we were able to get um instant access into everything so i was just so excited about this so we left and and uh arrived at at the course there and to this parking lot, this huge parking lot that was just grass, basically. And we were supposed to take a, a charter bus to, uh, to the Greens. And so we get on this charter bus, and, like, I'm calling people, right? Like, I am so pumped up. I'm, like, calling my dad, my mom, my sister. I'm like, hey, like, uh, we're going to follow around his friend who's, like, going to be playing with Sergio Garcia today, and I'm just stoked about this. And it's so exciting, and... And everything. I'm like calling people because I'm so pumped about this. We're on the charter bus, and right when we get to the course, it starts pouring down rain and lightning and thundering. And the bus driver's like, we got to take you guys back. I'm like, no, I've never actually been to a PGA tournament. 
So he takes us back. We wait about an hour and a half delay. You know, the, the, the sky's clear up again. We're like, great, here we go. We're going to get on the bus. And we get on the bus and we drive there again. And then all of a sudden, the skies turn black again. And all of a sudden, a storm hits again. And they just call off the day. And I'm like, no. I was this close. That close. I didn't even see any golfers there. I was that close. VIP pass, had access to everything, to getting even to the clubhouse, free food, everything. None of it. Didn't get to experience any of it. Instead of enjoying the benefits of a VIP pass, I left with muddy shoes. We walked through the fields, and there was mud everywhere. Red mud. I spent $5 on a parking ticket, and I ended up with muddy shoes. I'm not complaining, by the way. I'm just saying... I had muddy shoes everywhere. You know, you remember that sermon I preached. I had muddy shoes. I left with muddy shoes everywhere. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You know, I think a lot of times when we, when we have given our commitment to, to Jesus Christ, that we're going to follow him, um, we have access into the goodness of God, don't we? And, and it's, it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's incredible. But there's many times where we allow the world to suck us back in to pollute our minds, to pollute our hearts. And then we end up with muddy shoes, don't we? We could experience the goodness of God. We could experience being used by God in a powerful, powerful way. But we give in to the temptations of the world. We give in to, to being polluted once again. And we can experience what God has for us. So let's go back to our text here in James chapter 1. Verse 26 through 27 starts off by saying, if anyone, I love this, because James just gets right to the point. James is just like, all right, here we go, listen to this. If anyone considers himself religious and yet does not keep a tight rein on his tongue, he deceives himself and his religion is worthless. Now he uses that word religious, and believe me, God's not into religion, just so you know. But he uses that word religious because the people of that day, uh, of that time, uh, the ones that were the, the do-gooders, I guess, were the ones that were saying, hey, I'm religious by doing these um, external things, by, by, by doing good deeds all the time and everything else. Uh, that is, um, is why I'm so much better than you, basically. And he's saying this, if, if, if you think your religion is, is all good, just check what you're allowing to come out of your mouth, because what's coming out of your mouth is not good. If you can't even keep a tight rein on your tongue, your religion is worthless. And it's just like if, if, if we're constantly using perverted words or we're telling nasty jokes or if, or if we are putting people down, how in the world are we attracting people to Christ? The religion is worthless, he says. But then he goes on to say, and if you really want a true faith in Jesus Christ, if you really want a powerful walk in Christ, he says in verse 27, religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, so our ears perk up, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, all right, there's one of them, and we talked about that um, basically last week and the week before, about putting your faith into action. Uh, orphans and widows during that time were uh, considered to be one of the most needy groups, okay? And so he's like, put your faith into action there, take care of them. Then he says this, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. 
to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. And we may ask ourselves then, well, how do I keep myself from being polluted by this world? How do I keep myself from, from being drawn into these, these ways instead of God's ways? Well, because we live in an um, X-rated world, we must first identify the pollutants that are in our lives. And now there's like tons and tons of different things that lead to pollution in our life. But um, I want to just identify three of them that I think are, are critically important today. And if you're a history buff, you may remember um, the Great Smog of 1952 in London. Anyone remember that? The great, no, okay. Well, we, we, Wikipedia did, all right? And 1952, the Great Smog, it killed 8,000 people in London. 8,000 from the smog, from the pollution. And if we're aware of these spiritual pollutants in our life, then they'll help us from being, take, being taken down as well. So I'm going to give you three X-rated pollutants today, okay? One of those that we've got to be careful about is exotic listening, what I would call exotic listening. Listening for that juicy, juicy gossip. Oh, man. Have you ever been in a conversation at work? You may not even been saying anything, but everyone else is talking about that one person, that one coworker, that boss. Or you're a teacher, and you're in the teacher's conference area, and the principal is out of the room. And they start tearing into the principal. And you're listening to all this. Now you may be saying, hey, I'm being a good Christian. I'm not saying anything here. But it's just as bad allowing that to absorb in your mind and taking it, listening to it exotic listening oh I can't wait to hear what they have to say about that person I can't wait to hear I can't wait to hear about about this situation exotic listening that will tear you up people because a lot of times then it does lead you to say something about someone else or it leads to um, an unfair assumption about someone else doesn't it Maybe exotic listening isn't about gossip. Maybe it's about talk radio. Maybe you listen to some talk radio that you shouldn't be listening to. Maybe you listen to some music that you shouldn't be listening to. You say, man, I like the beat, but you know what? The lyrics are just as important, aren't they? And you allow that to come into your life, and it just pollutes your mind. You wonder sometimes why you feel like so distant from God. A lot of times it's because you're allowing yourself to be polluted by this stuff. And it's not helpful at all. The next one I want to talk about is external appearances. Uh, we live in a, in a time where, where we covet many things. Uh, cars and, and homes and all these other things that we look at other people and say, man, look at what they got. I've got to have that too. And all of a sudden we start to be so concerned about our own appearance and having the, the latest clothing and having the latest this and that and the other that we just focus on the time about our external appearance when God's more concerned about the heart. And then the last one I want to talk about is excessive media intake. All right? Now, media is not all bad, but a lot of, too much of it is bad, isn't it? It can lead a lot of times to... How many of you are just like Fox News junkies? Or, or you know, I mean, just... Uh, you know, you listen to news all day long. I mean, sometimes it can lead to... to create worry in your life, to create fear in your life, um, 
to create uh, all this type of stuff. You know, when, when God all along was like, hey, I'm God, I'm in charge of everything. Hello, you read my word, we win. People, come on now. No need to fear, there's no need to worry. And excessive media intake. How many of you have ever gone on a media fast? Ever gone on a media fast? I challenge you to do that sometime. It's great. Do it for a week. No cell phone, no email, no TV, no radio. I know some of you are sweating right now. I can just see the, I can see the beads like dripping to the floor. All right. Try it sometimes. See what you think. It's amazing what you'll do. It's amazing how productive you'll be. It'll be amazing how much family time you'll spend. It'll be amazing how much time you'll spend with God. It's amazing how much time you'll actually read a book um, when you have that kind of time. Excessive media intake a lot of times can lead to more pollution in our minds and our hearts that, um, that, really, that really mess up our relationship with, with Christ. Remember, um, our definition was uh, anything that contaminates the mind or the heart drawing us away from God. So how are you to fight this outward pollution? I believe we fight it with inward purity. Because the Bible says, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. I would compare this um, to the great tug-of-war competition. Have you, any of you ever been in a tug-of-war competition, maybe when you were younger or something like that? Yeah. And, and, and you, all, you all know that uh, there's two teams, one rope, and one wins, right? And, and many times you're, you're hoping that you'll have that one person on your team, right? That, that one person that, that is just stronger than everyone else. You know, I wasn't that person. Uh, people, when, when they were, like, uh, dividing up teams, I was, like, kind of more toward the last uh, maybe because I was a little bit more weaker. The, 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 those people, you just like, I want that person on my team, right? Well, what I want to do, and I, I, I want to talk about five different ways of, of basically, that are scriptural here, five different ways of keeping your heart pure and keeping yourself away from being polluted in this world. But um, when I was um, searching scripture and, and, and coming up with these five things, it actually came into an acronym, and I didn't even mean it to, okay? So don't laugh at me, but it spells Diane, okay? So we want to be Diane, all right? No, actually, we want to be Christ, but, but, but Diane is spells out here. And, and just listen to these things that will help keep your heart strengthened and steady during this time. Because in a tug of war, we know that, that in this world, basically, the whole time, the world is just tugging at you. Here, come in, into these ways. Come and, and try to... Um, and be like this, while at the same time we're like, no, because I know what the Word of God says. I want to live for His glory. I want to be holy in my walk with Him. And we know that any time during a tug of war, if you let up, what happens? Bad things happen, right? <laughs> you start to get drugged the other way. And you'll, you can't lay down your rope, people, let me tell you. Even when you're at night, even at night, you can't lay down your rope. You can't just say, oh, I'll just sleep this off. No. At all times, guard your heart. At all times, keep a hold of that rope. Keep a hold of that rope. And here's, here are the ways to do that, all right? Starting with um, number one, determination to seek Christ first in everything. This has got to be number one on your list. Determination to seek Christ first in everything. Matthew 6, 33, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness 
and all these things will be given to you as well. When we see God first, it's amazing what happens in our life, doesn't it? It's amazing how much our day slows down. It's amazing how much peace we experience, even in the midst of turmoil. Determination to seek Christ first in everything. Number two, intentional Christian community living. Intentional Christian community living. You know what? It's hard to follow Christ, isn't it? It's hard to live for Him because His standards are uh, much higher than this world, isn't it? His way of living um, is much better and is a better plan than the world's plan. And so we need to be surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ. Everyone wants a place to belong, don't they? I don't think anybody here would say, no, I just want to live by myself. Thank you. (laughs) I just want to live in a hut somewhere. I'm fine. Thank you. No, everyone wants to belong somewhere. Intentional Christian community can help you. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says this, and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The day is capitalized. What is that day? The day when Jesus Christ comes back. We're looking forward to that day, aren't we? And we want to spur each other on to live godly lives, to live for Christ, to be so much in love with Jesus that we want to spread his love to a community that doesn't know him. But to do that in Christian community as well is much more powerful. Number three, anchored in the word of God. I love Psalm 119.9. He says, How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. By living according to your word. Anchored in the word of God. Eating up the word of God every day. Every day. It's an everyday thing. Everyday thing. It's not as a checklist. And don't make it as a checklist. You don't want it to be something that is, is just like okay, I read my Bible today, I'm good. No, to really sit, read, meditate on it, study it, ask God to show you what He wants from you, and then obey it. Do something about it. Anchored in the Word of God. Number four, no to anything impure. No to anything impure. You've got to have the power to say no. God has given you the power to say no. you just got to say it something comes on the television screen that that you know is not appropriate, no, I'm going to turn it off. Somebody starts um, talking about someone else in your presence, no, I'm going to walk away or I'm going to tell them, you need to just stop talking. (laughs) All right? We need to be a little bit more bold here, people. The power to say no. The power to say no. You're at a sporting event. And there's cheerleaders. Men. I'm not going to look at him. I'm not going to look at him. Cheerleading is not the way it used to be back in the day where you just had the pom-poms and stuff like that. You know, you had the fully clothed and, um, you know, my mom actually used to be one of those. Um, fully clothed, I mean, I mean, I think the skirt, you know, I think you, you basically couldn't even see the ankles. I mean, you had everything. Now cheerleaders today are like, I mean, and believe, no, no offense to any cheerleaders because there are wonderful cheerleaders out there. I'm just saying that... There's a lot less um, anymore, okay? Be able to say, no, I'm not going to look at that, all right? We'll let, we'll let um, 
the females in the stadium be able to look at them, okay? Because they understand that stuff, all right? So no, I'm not going to look at it. No. How, do we, how are we able to say no? Titus 2 gives us some great insight. Titus 2, 11 through 14. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, here, we, here it comes again, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. The grace of God gives us the ability to say no to all ungodliness, to all unrighteousness. Allow the grace of God, imagining what, what God has done for you in your life, all that he has done, we should be able to say no, shouldn't we? We should be able to say no. And number five, eternal perspective in all situations. Hebrews eleven thirteen through 16 says, he talks about uh, the people that were faith giants, you know, that, that the Bible talks about in Hebrews 11. It says they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking about the country they had left, they would have had the opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. They admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Could you, would you be able to admit that today? Like, this is not my home. Or have you gotten so comfortable in saying, yeah, you know, I just love it. I just love where I'm at. It's okay to, to, to be able to... But the Bible talks about friendship with the world is hatred toward God. All right? And we've got to know that we're going to expect something a lot greater than what we see here on earth. This is like pathetic compared to what God's got planned for our lives and what he's got planned for eternity. Okay? You may even have the best beach house in the world you may be on the best beach resort possible you may have been to the to the to the the finest uh, beach possible right you, you you could have you could have been to the greatest mountain you could have been anywhere is not going to even compare to what god has in store for those who love him for those who have placed their faith in him eternity is going to be awesome Heaven's going to be awesome. New heaven, new earth, the Bible talks about. So these things that I just talked about here, I think are, I mean, critically important to keeping your heart pure in this impure world, to keeping your life unpolluted. So allow your faith in Christ to become real. And allow it to become real. And, to, and, and remember this, that how you start isn't nearly as important as how you finish. Remember Demas. He loved the world. He deserted Paul. Don't be like that. Make sure you're going to be connected to the vine, to Jesus Christ. Finish strong. Finish strong. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to hear your word. It is your word, Lord, that penetrates our hearts, that motivates us to action, that helps us to uh, 
um, increase in knowledge of, of who you are, Lord. There's so much to know about you, Jesus. And I just pray, Father, that, um, that we would have a true faith, that it wouldn't be just um, about going through the motions. You don't want that. You don't want just this um, checklist of Christianity. You want people who are going to put their faith in action, people who are going to be, um, who are not going to allow themselves to be polluted by this world. We have a choice every single day. We have a choice every single minute what we're going to think about, what we're going to do, what we're going to listen to, what we're going to allow our eyes to see. Help us, Father God, to be holy people, to be people set apart for your goodness, your, your glory, that we would be able to be people that are in love, so much in love with Jesus Christ that we wouldn't even dare think about putting ourselves in certain situations, that we would do as the Bible says and, and say no to these things and say yes to those things which are pure and holy and righteous. Father, you've given us the power to do that. May we just put it into practice now. We love you, Jesus. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen.